Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Holy Communion. Thank you for joining us for this sermon. You can find all of our sermons at holycommunion.net and our Facebook, YouTube, and podcast channels. Consider hitting like or subscribe. Consider sharing this sermon with others. It helps us to reach more people like you. We are so thankful to those who support our ministry. You can give today at holycommunion.net backslash give. In the name of our loving, liberating, life-giving God, amen. Please be seated. As we remember Dr. King this weekend, I have one question for you. Where is your village? Where is your village? Let me explain. There's an oversimplified version of Dr. King that's regularly taught in America, sometimes even in our kids' textbooks. And the simplified version, check me on this, but I I think it goes something like this. After President Lincoln ended slavery, black people and white people were still stubbornly divided by race. Along came Dr. King. Standing in front of the Lincoln Memorial, he told America about his dream that all children might live together in harmony. Now each year, we take a day off work and school to remember how Dr. King ended racism. Isn't that basically the story? And I I don't have to tell you Holy Communion, there are a few inaccuracies there. Um, But I wonder how many of the celebrations of Dr. King happening this weekend will tell that basic story. And the popular story about Dr. King It misses so much. It misses systemic racism. Uh, It misses Dr. King's radical anti-capitalist message, yes. But this morning, I simply want to ask, where is your village? And sometimes we tell Dr. King's story as if Brother Martin brought about civil rights all on his own. Dr. King has been called the American Moses. He set his people free. If that is your narrative, if Dr. King is the only leader, the anointed one, you miss the movement, you miss the whole story, you miss the village. Dr. King didn't walk alone. He walked across the Edmund Pettus Bridge with thousands, including a young John Lewis, who even after the police nearly beat him to death, on that bridge, kept organizing and leading and making good trouble. Dr. King marched on Washington with Bayard Rustin, the black queer activist who helped organize the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. And King marched on Washington with Mahalia Jackson, the gospel singer who helped fund all the work and said that day on the mall to Martin, tell them about the dream. King even preached with others. He borrowed his famous refrain from Prathia Hall, an early womanist theologian and preacher. It was Prathia's dream before it was Martin's. And she probably would have told you it was God's dream long before it was hers. Look, Dr. King was a brilliant leader and preacher, but he didn't walk alone. He was surrounded by other leaders, organizers, activists, This weekend, we honor Dr. King, but don't miss the movement for the sake of honoring the man. There's an old African saying, 
it takes a village to survive. It takes a village to survive. One of my favorite theologians and contemplative teachers these days, Barbara Holmes, likes to point out that Hillary Clinton didn't actually invent the phrase, it takes a village, with her 1996 book. Clinton borrowed the phrase, it takes a village to raise a child. It comes from all over Africa, but may originate with the Igbo people of Nigeria. And it's definitely true for child raising, isn't it? Even the strongest single parents know that you don't survive parenting alone. And the saying is broader than just kids. It takes a village to survive. And tied intimately together with structural racism and sexism and heterosexism is the myth of self-sufficiency. The world wants to tell you you shouldn't need anyone else. You should be able to do this all on your own. Tutors and helpers are for those who struggle. Great leaders don't need help. That myth of self-sufficiency is baked in to the American project. It's at the root of raising up just Dr. King as if he was singular. And that myth, that self-sufficient myth, helps us fail to see all the interconnected and systemic ways structural racism persists, yes. And the myth also hides the village that comes together to push back. We need that whole village. As a priest and counseling folks, I can't tell you the number of times I've heard some version of this. I just don't know how I'm going to solve this problem. I know I need to find a way through. I know I need to fix it. I need to cope. Do you hear that? I, I, I. I'm learning to ask folks, why is this all on you? Where is your village? Where is your support system? Who can share the load? And particularly high academic achievers, folks who have gotten far in their career, <coughs> Episcopalians, <coughs> tend to get isolated. We raise up folks like singular leaders and we fail to see the community that did the work together. Now, leaders themselves take on too much and fail to lift up others, support learners, fail to make room, fail to share credit. And when I see a particular leader being lifted up these days, I'm learning to ask, where's your village? Who's behind you? Who's supporting the work? Who's updating the website? Who's changing the trash bags in the bathrooms? Who's making this possible? When, when I see a leader struggling, I think it's also worth asking, where is your village? Who can you hand some of this to? Who can you involve? Who can you mentor? How can you share the work? Our reading today from the Gospel of John might feel like a little bit of a bridge passage. It was so repetitive, I was getting a little bit lost in that first bit when John's talking about baptizing and Jesus coming. It's a strange little passage. In the other gospel narratives of Jesus's calling of the disciples, there are miracles a lot of times, aren't there? And Jesus walks down early in the morning to the lakeside, the seaside, and sees the would-be disciples out there on the boat, and they're all frustrated because there are no fish. And Jesus says, put down the net on the other side. 
and they haul in a catch so big they can't count the number. That's how the other Gospels handle these calls. But in John, it's sort of flat. They go and see where he's staying. They, they kind of tell each other about Jesus. It, it could feel like, why are we spending a whole Sunday on this? But I wonder, isn't hearing about how Jesus built the movement crucial? At the end of the story, Jesus gives one of them, Simon, a new name. Cephas, Peter, Petros, the rock on which I will build the church. Jesus knew. Jesus wasn't in it alone. Now, sure, Jesus needed time sometimes to get away and pray by himself. The Gospels do a lot of narrating of Jesus' frustration and disappointment and even anger at his village. But he never leaves them entirely behind. Jesus continues to build the village into the work of proclaiming, of healing, of building the movement. Jesus didn't carry his work alone. Jesus didn't even carry his cross alone. Who do we think we are when we try to rely only on ourselves? Friends, I need to pause for a moment because I know that question, where is your village, it, it hits some of us differently. And some of us long for literal villages back in our countries of origin. And some of us couldn't wait to get out of our small town where too many people knew too much of our business. And some of us were rejected by the village which should have cared for us because our family of origin couldn't accept our sexual orientation, our gender identity, our career, our politics. And some of us are refugees and asylum seekers. You still need a village. I, I love how accessible this church is now online. I do. I'm a nerd. I was here with our team on Thursday working on camera placement in the new setup. I, I love that people can stay in touch and engage with the preaching and worship when they can't come into church, but I worry a bit because I've watched this church become a village for people in need of a village. I've watched young LGBTQ folks find friends and spiritual mentors and elders over breakfasts or at Theology on Tap. I've watched this church care for parents whose kids are a little tough to manage. I've seen surrogate grandmas and aunties greet an overwhelmed mom or dad at the door and say, don't worry, we've got this with you. I've heard from folks who, after a big surgery, have had meals delivered, rides to new doctor's appointments. This parish has the capacity to be a chosen village, but that kind of community care is really hard to access through a 9 by 16 rectangle online. You have to show up. If you're feeling disconnected, you have to risk a little vulnerability. You've got to show up and stick around for coffee hour or show up early for breakfast as we're building breakfast back into the schedule. You've got to come to something more than just Sunday morning worship if this place is going to be a village for you. That can be really hard. It can be hard to risk that vulnerability, especially if you have been let down before. But all of us need a village to survive, to grow in the life of faith. And if you want to make a difference in this world, you are especially going to make 
you're especially going to need a village. I'm grateful that we are celebrating Dr. King. Dr. King was a brilliant preacher, a singular leader, but these days I wish we also had a day for Ella Baker. And Baker was a generation ahead of young Martin Luther King. And she had started organizing for civil rights in the South 20 plus years before he came on the scene. And a lot of the success of the civil rights movement in the 60s came because people like Ella Baker had been training up leaders across the South in the 40s and the 50s. Baker was a bit of a king skeptic across her life. And she questioned especially whether the movement should put so much on one leader's shoulders. Ella Baker advocated for more shared leadership, shared risk-taking. If we're to continue the work of civil rights, of human rights, if we are going to seek to follow Jesus, I think it would benefit all of us to ask, where is your village? Because no one, not Moses, not Jesus, not Dr. King, gets to the promised land alone. Amen.